0: You're listening to the Banner Church podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. Good morning. Welcome to Banner Church. Uh, I'm so excited to be preaching this morning. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, my name is Katie, and my husband, Pastor Josh, and I are the lead pastors here at Banner Church. Always got to give a little pause for Gillian, love that, my cheering squad in the back. Um, uh, If you haven't been with us over the last few weeks, we've been doing this incredible series through worship and the power of worship and what God wants to do and bring through worship. Um, I remember when Josh told me that this is a series that we were going to do, and before I even know I was preaching, I was so stoked and so excited because um, I am incredibly passionate about worship. Uh, I love music just in general. Um, When I was a child, I really, really thought that I was going to be like a really famous pop star. I just, I really believe that that was the dream that God had given me, and you know, hasn't come about yet. But um, I'm young, guys. It could still happen for me. Um, (laughs) You know, I I am going to be preaching more often, which is good, but... um, I was going to, the funny thing is like pretty much every time I've gotten on stage, I have worked somehow into telling you guys that this is my dream to be uh, doing worship, to, you know, sing or lead, or last time I joked about playing the piano, and guys, my uh, really good friend is moving here uh, from Las Vegas, and she is a professional musician, she is giving us her stand-up piano, and she told me she would give me piano lessons for my birthday. So... We're, we're getting close, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants, and I, I want to be leading worship. That's what I want to be doing. It's good, so um, someday we'll get there, but um, I, again, I was just so excited when I found out that I was going to be able to speak uh, during this series on worship and on music. Um, Uh, A few months ago, some friends and I were on a trip, and we were talking about music, and, you know, a lot of them are musicians, and so this just comes up in conversation often. And I was expressing to them this kind of, like, deep desire slash jealousy, envy of these uh, baseball players that every single time they get up to bat, they get to have a walkout song. How many of you know that worship, or excuse me, music creates an atmosphere? It brings energy, it brings hype, and I was just like, I want that, that'd be so cool. Like, who wants their own theme song just playing like they open the door to their car and just like, music is playing, you know, they're just in it. I want that, and I'm like, I'm never going to be a baseball, you know, I might be a professional musician, but never going to be a baseball player, um, that's not in the cards for me, um, and we started, like, kind of thinking about, like, well, what about, like, when you go up to preach, like, that'd be kind of fun to, like, have a walk-up song, and I just realized today there is never going to be this opportunity again, and, uh, i I have the mic, I am in control. So this morning, can you entertain me and can we try some walkout songs? Yeah. Okay, all right, we're just gonna back up. Just you know, pretend like I made it the first service going down the stairs backwards. So okay, here we go. Ready, set? <laughs> that's like the classic walkout song. Like, I feel like you can't talk about walkout songs and not do that from Rocky. I mean, amazing. You know, that maybe, maybe we should do that one for Josh because he's like super into boxing. That should be his walkout song the next time he preaches. But okay, that was my first option. Now we'll try number two. Can we do that? Okay, all right. I have not exercised in three weeks, so that minimal amount of running, but also maybe you notice that um, singing might not be my forte, dancing also not my forte, uh, but hype, hype is my forte, I'm about it, all right, we have one more, and this one is a little bit outside of the box, so we'll see what you guys think. feel like Sparta. Are you not entertained? (laughs) So all that to say, walkout songs, yes, Um, (laughs) but (laughs) guys, I got to breathe for a second. I'm just having way too much fun this morning. Um, As we can see, music creates this incredible atmosphere. And (laughs) if I'm going to be honest, these are songs that in some ways are silly. You know, I'm a rocket ship on my way to Mars. (laughs) Spice up your life (laughs) with the Spice Girls. (laughs) As powerful as music can be, worship absolutely eclipses all of that. Pastor Josh mentioned it. Worship, when we come in, we declare the truth of who God is. We speak the truth over our lives and over our circumstances. We've been talking all month about worship and about the power of worship. It's both what we were created and commanded to do, it is an act of spiritual warfare. When we worship, we engage the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us. We seek the face of God. And today what we're going to be talking about is worship sets the captives free. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord God, we thank you so much that your presence is here. God, we know that you are moving and you are active. And so, Lord God, I pray that as we read your word, as it is planted inside of our hearts, God, would you awaken us to what you want to do this morning? Would you speak with clarity and would you speak with precision? Lord, we love you and we give this morning to you. In your name, amen amen. Well, this morning we're going to be in Acts chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there, but if not, no worries. The words will be up on the screen. We're going to start in verses 25 through 34, but before we get to that, I want to give you a little bit of an introduction to where we are in the story. Uh, Paul and Silas are on their second missionary journey throughout the ancient world. Um, They have been traveling and bringing the gospel to places that the gospel has never been before. And as they have tried going to certain places, they've been blocked and hindered from going there. And they end up in Philippi, which is a city in Macedonia. And Philippi had previously been a Greek city, but it was currently a part of a Roman colony. And um, as they entered into this city, uh, they met a woman. Her name is Lydia, and she was a very prominent woman in the city, and she uh, was a businesswoman. And she is the first ever convert to Christianity in Macedonia. And they met her while they were going outside the city to the place where people would worship and pray and where they, would, uh, uh, where they were doing baptisms and things like that. And so the whole time that Paul and Silas are traveling in this city, they are being followed around by this young woman. She's a slave, and she is crying out to them over and over again over these days the following— These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, this woman was under deep, dark, spiritual oppression in the city, and for her masters, she served as an oracle, and at that time, it was a person who uh, people would go to to get their futures told. They were people who would be sought out for uh, advice, and they would read their fortunes and things like that. But she was under this spiritual oppression. And so every time she came in contact with these men who are filled with the Holy Spirit and doing what God has commanded them to do, she cries out much like the spirits used to cry out when Jesus was around and they would declare that he was the Son of God. It's that same kind of thing. As she encounters them, the spirit inside of her is crying out that these men are uh, teaching people the way to be saved. But because this place is uh, a Roman colony, there are lots of gods. There are lots of things that people follow and believe are the high power. And so it's not really creating clarity as much as it's creating confusion because people don't know what she means and she's just constantly screaming at them. So uh, day after day, Paul becomes more and more annoyed and infuriated. And so he casts the demon out of her. And at that moment, She experiences amazing spiritual freedom, just liberation probably like she has never known. But at that same moment, her masters who uh, really relied upon and enjoyed the income that they got from her reading fortunes and doing stuff like that were very upset. So they drag Paul and Silas before the leaders of the city, basically tell them, these guys are bad news. They are creating confusion and commotion. They've caused me to lose my source of income. And so Paul and Silas are beaten, flogged, and thrown in prison. And this is where we pick up in uh, verse 25. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God this is an incredible story, an incredibly powerful story uh, of God's freedom, and we're able to read it from beginning to end in a series of about 30 to 45 seconds. But if you're Paul and Silas and you're living this, you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. You don't know that the story is written and that it ends well for you. And so I thought it's just, man, it's so important to know that Paul and Silas were called to Philippi. They were called to Macedonia. Before we get into this uh, scripture where they are, what we find out what's happening to them, in Acts 16, 9, it tells us during the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is where God was calling them. And really, before he's able to get into a very large amount of ministry, he is beaten, flogged, and thrown into prison, which I can only imagine is not exactly how he saw that going but this morning, I want you to hear that just because you face opposition and difficulty in your life it does not mean that you are living outside of the will of God. I think so many times we face opposition in that exact moment when we are being obedient to what Christ has called us to do. Jesus himself experienced some of the most amazing miracles, the most amazing triumph in his life and ministry on earth, and yet he constantly face opposition, constantly. Jesus even tells us in John 16, that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So this morning, we know that trouble is going to come. We know that there are going to be opposition and struggles in our life, and we are left with a choice, Are we going to choose to worry about the circumstances and the things going on in our life, or are we going to choose to worship God? Are we going to choose to put Christ first? Are we going to choose to worship him in that moment when things are going difficult? What I love about Paul and Silas and this moment of their life is that When they chose to worship in that prison cell, it was both completely related to the circumstances that they were in, that they were in prison, and yet it was also completely unrelated to the fact that they were in prison. And here's what I mean. The book of Acts is absolutely incredible. Um, If you have not read it, I encourage you to read it. It is all the shenanigans of the early church and what God did, just amazing miracle after miracle and things that he did. We're in Acts chapter 16 right now. In Acts chapter 5, we see that the apostles were placed in prison and that an angel of the Lord came and set them free from prison and said, go and tell people about this life that you are living. I mean, what an amazing experience. And then in Acts chapter 12, the apostle Peter is imprisoned by Herod. And uh, in the middle of the night, he is awoken by uh, the angel of the Lord. He literally knocks him on his side to wake him up. Crazy. I'm like, couldn't you have done that any other way? Had to literally physically hit him to wake him up? Maybe he's a really deep sleeper. I can get that. Um, literally hits him on the side. He walks out of the prison Peter, this whole time, thinks that he's dreaming. He doesn't even realize that what's happening is happening in the physical world. But he gets out, and uh, he comes to this realization, like, the Lord has literally set me free from prison, and he goes about his way. So Paul and Silas know that God is in the business of doing this, that he is in the business of releasing people from prison. And so they come in worshiping, knowing that God is doing that. But Paul and Silas are also uh, followers of Christ. They have been uh, raised in the Jewish faith, and so they know what the Bible says. Paul, in fact, had been uh, trained to be a Pharisee, and so he was very aware of the Bible. He knew much of what the Old Testament said. And one of the key figures of the Old Testament is King David. King David is known for just incredible psalms where he is crying out to God, telling him the state that he's in. Uh, one of my favorite chapters, he talks about how the water is up to his neck and he feels like he can't move. And yet, at the end of the chapter, he talks about how God is the uh, brings freedom to the captives, that He will release him, that He will bring freedom and triumph over his enemies. So they know this history and this heritage that even in difficulty. Even Even in trial, that God is almighty and that he is all-powerful. Just like we sang this morning, that is Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. This is their heritage, a heritage of worship and trusting God. And this morning, I want you to know that we have this exact same heritage, because we have the Bible. We know from beginning to end all of the things that God has done. We see his character through his word, and we can trust it because we know that it is true. And at the same time, we have both our personal experience, the things that God has freed and released us from, and we also get to experience and see it in the lives of those around us, in our family, in our church, and in our community. This morning, we have that heritage of worship that brings freedom. And I love this story because I feel like it really highlights some incredible ways that God can bring freedom in your life through worship. And the first one this morning is physical freedom. Acts 16, through 24 says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Maybe you have never been in real prison, and more than likely you've never been in this kind of prison. But I want you to imagine what that would have been like. The kind of atmosphere and the feeling of being beaten severely and being in prison, and not only in prison, but in an inner cell, so deep within the prison, almost that dungeon feeling. And I love the Bible is so specific and so careful with the words that it uses that it says it was about midnight was the darkest part of the night, the darkest place they could have been physically at that moment. They were in a real prison with real shackles on their feet. And maybe we've never experienced prison like that, but I think some of us can understand that feeling of that darkest hour physically. Maybe physically in your body the darkest hour is because of a sickness that refuses to go away. Maybe the darkest hour is stage four cancer. Maybe your darkest hour is cyclical poverty. It is something that makes you feel trapped in the physical world that you cannot escape from. Just like Paul and Silas in this darkest hour, we have the choice that we can worry or we can choose to worship. The darkest hour is truly the moment for worship. Because when you receive that diagnosis, when that other bill comes in the mail, when you are trapped in a relationship or something that is physically binding you, there is nothing else that is going to save you but God. God is the one who has the power. He has the authority. He has the ability to rescue you. I think sometimes it feels easy to pray for things that are in the spiritual realm because we can't see them, but God is a God of the physical world. He sent his son Jesus in the flesh and blood. He said he is Emmanuel, God with us. He sent him in flesh and blood. He healed lame men, gave them the ability to walk. He gave the blind men sight. God, when he released Israel from Egypt, parted the Red Sea. That is so physical. God is able to do miracles in the physical realm. And when we worship him, we set him in the right place and we give him authority over all of those physical things. I'll never forget the first time I experienced this. I was about 18 years old and I had just started in youth ministry at our last church. And on one of our Wednesday night services, you know, they're really similar to a Sunday morning where there's worship, and then the Word, and then more worship, and then it's, you know, you close it, and that's it. And it's amazing to see what God does in those services with youth kids. Um, But I will never forget this one day where worshiping and praising and seeking God, and the worship leader just really boldly says, like, man, I feel like there's something that God really wants to do right here in this place in physical healing. And one of the women that I served alongside with, um, she had a really bad knee, and she was almost always in a brace. She couldn't uh, bend it. She couldn't kneel. She couldn't jump. She had played a lot of sports in her life, and uh, unfortunately, this was one of the uh, injuries that she had suffered. And I remember her coming forward to get prayer, and we're just worshiping God and seeking him. We never made it to the word. I don't know what it was. It probably would have been good. But man, in God's presence that night, he did a miracle in her body. I watched her at the end of that night jumping up and down. This woman who literally couldn't kneel, who couldn't jump at all, she was jumping up and down and praising God and giving him glory. <laughs> God is a God of the physical world, and he wants to give you physical freedom. And when we worship him, we make a way for him to bring freedom in our physical bodies and in our physical lives. How many of us have a physical prison that we are living in? And maybe it's one we've allowed ourselves to become accustomed to. But this morning, I want you to know that God wants to free you from that physical prison. He wants you to have freedom and life and life to the full in him but maybe this morning for you it isn't a physical thing. Maybe you aren't living in physical bondage. Maybe there are uh, no addictions or frustrations in that physical realm, but maybe for you this morning it is a spiritual bondage. God came and worship brings spiritual freedom. Spiritual forces are what brought Paul and Silas into that jail cell that day. They exorcised a demon from a girl after God had brought them to this place miraculously and uh, supernaturally telling them where he wanted them to go and brings them to this jail cell. But Paul is very wise and very aware of what's happening. And Paul knows that it is not simply a battle that is being uh, waged in the physical realm. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. How many of you guys were here for our Angels and Demons series last year? Man, so incredibly powerful. And we talked a lot about how war is being waged in the spiritual realm. And we do have a real enemy who is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And I feel like right now in our society, in our culture, this has been prevalent I feel like I can't talk to someone right now without hearing something about how they just feel completely under attack, and they're not really sure what's going on, there's not necessarily something really big or looming over their lives, but they just feel this incredible discouragement. They're feeling depressed, they're feeling isolated, they're feeling lonely and alone, this is a tool that the enemy is using. I mean, I, I, with all the physical stuff that we have gone through with COVID, I think the emotional and the spiritual attack that the enemy has seen, this is my opportunity, and he has come in full force. Even last week, I, it was crazy. I came in here. I've had a really bad sinus infection over the last week. And last Sunday, I came in, uh, and I needed to host that morning. And I just, I couldn't. I was just like, I could not handle it. And I was praying with my mother-in-law because I just felt so discouraged. I felt like the enemy was telling me, you can't do this. Like, you're inadequate. You'll never be able to make it. Like, you don't have anything to say. And I just thought to myself, this has nothing to do with my sickness. (laughs) Like, the, the things that are going on in my physical body, like, the enemy is using spiritually to attack me. And we prayed right there in that moment, and she spoke that over me. She said, this is an attack from the enemy, and we need to declare that he has no power. He has no authority and it was amazing what God did because I can't even tell you there's no reason but I got up here and I felt like I had the most clarity I have ever had in speaking that morning. Jesus came to give us freedom, to give us spiritual freedom. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy but he says that he came so that we can have life and have it to the full. At their darkest hour, when it would have been easy to give in, when it would have been easy to really feel bad for themselves and to worry about what was going to happen, Paul and Silas did not even let that thought enter their mind. It says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. They may have been in a dark place, and I imagine the uh, environment that they were in was probably pretty dark, not even just what they were walking in and walking through, but all of the things that were happening in that jail cell. I imagine that there was a darkness that was palpable, but when they came into that place, they came in knowing they were full of the Holy Spirit that they came in not under their own authority but from the authority that Jesus Christ had given them. And 2 Corinthians 3:17 says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit." Again, this is Paul talking very wise. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. He knew that he might have been physically a prisoner walking into that jail cell, but there is no way that he was a prisoner spiritually walking into that cell. He knew he had the authority that Jesus Christ had given them. And when we do battle in the spiritual realm, we put God in his rightful place. We say, you are in control. You have the authority. You are God Almighty, all-powerful. We declare that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Just like we sang and worship this morning, we worship in truth. We speak the truth. We speak it over our minds and over our hearts. Sometimes we forget the truth, and we need to remind ourselves over and over again. And the best gift that God has given us is this ability that when we speak things out, we plant it inside of our hearts. When we worship, we bring truth with us because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We can bring light into dark places, and that is exactly what Paul and Silas did as they worshiped and prayed and sought God in that jail cell. I know, I know that there are many of us that are walking around with this spiritual imprisonment. And we have given it a lot of names. And you know what? We have given it a lot of power. And I would never... I would never diminish what anyone is going through, but I will always say that God is greater, that God is stronger, that he is more powerful. Depression is not bigger than God. It never will be, it never has been, and it cannot be. God is greater than depression. God is greater than the discouragement that you may be walking through this morning. He loves you. He is for you. He is fighting for you. And He wants victory in your life. Jesus came so that we could have victory over every realm in the spiritual, in our minds, and in our bodies. God came so that we could have victory. And when we worship, we get victory in the physical realm. We have victory in the spiritual realm. We have victory. And the most amazing kind of freedom that God offers when we worship is salvation. Paul and Silas knew that worship was going to break the chains in their lives. They knew that worship was going to break the chains in the spiritual realm, and they knew what they had been called there to do. Jesus, when he begins his ministry, after he has been baptized, after he has been in the desert 40 days fasting and praying, after he has been tempted by the enemy, he comes to the temple and he reads from the scrolls, he reads Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Jesus came to bring salvation to our souls. That was his whole goal. That was his entire ministry, was that people would have eternity with him in heaven, that their souls would be saved and that they would have freedom. That is what Jesus came to do. And Paul and Silas, knowing this, we can read this scripture again. Acts 16, 25 through 34. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all of the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. As I read this scripture and was preparing for this morning, this is what kept hitting me at the end of this passage you've been praying and worshiping you're in prison shackled in the darkness you're worshiping god and then an incredible phenomenon happens an earthquake comes it breaks all of the shackles it opens all of the doors what's the first thing that you're gonna do run i mean come on right this is what you've been worshiping and praying and no one would put it past you to be like hey Earthquake! Everyone, all the oxen free. Let's all run. But they didn't. Why? Why didn't they run? It's because Paul and Silas saw what God was doing. They knew that it was about more than physical freedom, and they knew that it was about more than spiritual freedom. They knew that it was about salvation. I pictured as I was reading that scripture about Paul's vision of the Macedonian man begging them to come. You know, the scripture doesn't tell us anything about what he looked like or anything like that. But I just imagine the face and the sound of that man's voice just constantly echoing in Paul's heart as he's in prison. Don't you think it's crazy too that none of the other prisoners ran out? I don't know how many of them were there. But I imagine that worshiping God, declaring truth and freedom that these prisoners had never ever known or heard, that it changed their hearts and it changed their lives. And this jailer who, the outcome of if these prisoners had escaped would have been death. That is what we see time and time again. If you are a jailer and your prisoners escape, that means death for you. He says he drew his sword to kill himself, but Paul stopped him this incredible moment God kind of brought together all of these things they've been called to Macedonia they ended up in prison they're worshiping at the darkest time the darkest hour and yet as they worshiped and God gave them perspective he showed them that they were there for a reason they were there for this moment they were there for this jailer they were there for this jailer's family says him and his whole came to know Christ that day. He was prepared to lose his life and yet God restored to him not only his physical life, but his eternity. He saved his soul in that moment. And I wonder if Paul and Silas had been worrying in that jail cell. If they had been consumed with fear over what was going to happen to them would they ever have had the perspective to see what God was doing? If we choose to worry rather than worship, we will miss out on the calling that God has given us to save and rescue and redeem the lost if we're worried about where that next paycheck is gonna come from, if we're worried about what is gonna be our diagnosis, if we only worry about who's in the Oval Office and the decisions that they're going to make, we are going to miss out on the perspective that God has for us, that every life is valuable, every person is important, every soul is out there needing freedom and a new life in Jesus Christ. This morning, you may be in physical imprisonment. You may be in spiritual imprisonment, but it is about so much more than that. God wants to give you freedom in all of those areas, but he desperately wants his children to know that he loves them and that he came to rescue and redeem them. We remember Isaiah 61, that he came to set the captives free. He came to release those who are in prison, in chains, in bondage. Worship, draws us closer to the heart of God. As we worship Him and we're in His presence like we talked about last week, we can hear His voice more clearly. We can see His working more accurately. He gives us awareness to know what He's doing, both in the physical and in the spiritual realm. Worship brings us closer to God and it gives us that freedom that we so desperately need and desire and that the world needs. stand with me this morning. In a moment, I'm going to open the altar, and we're going to believe that God is going to break some chains this morning. But before we do that, I want to have an opportunity for each one of us to have a moment with the Lord. So would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? You know, maybe this is the first time that you've heard that Jesus came to bring you freedom. We talk a lot about how much God loves us and what he came and did for us on the cross, but maybe you've never known the freedom that he promises with what he did. That he came to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. When Jesus is on the cross at his darkest hour, when the sun is eclipsed and there is darkness over the land in that moment rather than worry about himself rather than take it into his own hands he did exactly what God had called himself to do he didn't focus on himself he focused on you he focused on me he chose us in that moment that we would know life that we would know freedom and if you have not never surrendered your heart to Jesus, if you've never found that life that he offers, I want you to know that he's calling you today. He says, I want to break you out of that physical freedom or that physical prison. I want to break you out of that spiritual prison that the enemy has told you you are stuck in, that there is no freedom from. He says, I want to give you that life and life to the full. So this morning, if you want to make that choice, if you would say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to give me freedom in all areas. I want to invite you right now, wherever you are, to lift your hand. This is a sign and an act of surrender to him. And if you're online joining us, you know, no one might be able to see you. But I will tell you, your Father in heaven sees you. He knows you and he loves you and he wants freedom for you today. Church, would you join with me as we pray? You can repeat after me. As we say, dear Jesus, thank you for rescuing me, for bringing me freedom and life. I ask your forgiveness for all of my sins. Thank you, that you take it away. I thank you that you take it away. Would you be Lord of my life? Lord. In your name. In your name. Amen. Amen. Man, God is good this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing. I'm going to open up the altar this morning. And as the worship team leads us, I want to invite you. This space is a holy space. And while this tile is, you know, no more special than the tile that is in front of you, this is a place where we go to meet with God. And when we worship Him and when we come before Him, we are declaring to Him that, God, I need you. God, I surrender to you. God, whatever is binding me, I don't want it anymore. God, and I know that you have the power and the ability to free me from it. If you are dealing with spiritual oppression, if you have felt discouraged without any light at the end of the tunnel, if you have felt like I am invaluable, if you feel like you have nothing to offer, let me tell you, Jesus wants to break that over you today. Right now, in this moment, there is freedom for you want to invite you forward as you come forward our prayer team is going to come and pray over you and if you want to pray with them and talk with them all you need to do is turn around and talk with them and they will pray with you but if you're in that moment for you and Jesus just keep worshiping just keep seeking just keep praying they will pray over you and then they will move on but I want you to have that moment with the Lord invite you this morning as the band leads us, come forward, seek that freedom.